0: Welcome to the Wild Feather podcast. So glad you're joining us today. We have a fun tech founder with us, Imble Claudio, who is a two-time founder, and she is on a mission to empower women entrepreneurs with Like-Minded Collective, which is an engaging platform for all female founders, creators, dreamers. It really is a fantastic platform and they have a lot of engagement and a lot of support and resources and services and tools and fun. It's cool. Today we talk real estate, candles, the struggles of being a non-tech founder, hiring developers, marketing agencies, learning from all of our mistakes, pivoting, being a mom founder, and lots more. So sit back and enjoy this jovial and enlightening conversation. so excited to have you here. Thank
1: you so much for having me, Brooke. I'm excited to chat with you today. Yay!
0: Yay, yeah, yay, yeah, yay. Yeah. So I'm totally digging what you're doing, but I want to start from the beginning um, and learn how you became a founder and what led you down this path. Now, you're a serial founder who own multiple businesses, so we can start with the first one, but how in the world did you start with the first one and then go from there?
1: Yeah, so... My first company I started um uh, which I don't even know if we talked about but I had a real estate company. I was Oh, we didn't broker.
0: talk about that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay, okay. Um and that's kind of what started my entrepreneurial journey, working for myself. Um I didn't work with a brokerage, so I started my own. Um and uh, real estate, I quickly realized was not for me. Like I enjoyed the business But I hated relying on other people. The transaction had so many other people's hands in it that if somebody left something out, then I was the one giving bad news to my client. And I hated that. It just, it took a toll on me. Um, So I kept my license. I actually stopped um, practicing officially a couple months ago. Really?
0: So I have a question for you. Yeah. Because I do not want to be a real estate agent, but I really want to go check out houses. (laughs) And because I love it, I think it's super cool. I'm so intrigued by the way people live and like just houses in general. Uh, And I'm wondering if you got your real estate license, can you represent yourself when you buy a house? Because if so, then it's worth every dollar to go through real estate to get your license to save money from having to pay all these closing costs.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So I got my um, broker's license in California and then my husband were in, my husband and I were in North Carolina for four years and we had to sell and purchase a house. And so I got my broker's license in North Carolina um, to save thousands of dollars. So yeah. yes, yeah. absolutely. And I think it's great because first of all, if you're interested in real estate, just in general, then it's Fun, you know. Yeah. Um. And then you can also help out friends and family, and you don't necessarily have to practice. You can also get referrals. So, as an agent, this is like so off topic, but I love talking about this. That's true. Right. Um. <laughs> this is how this rolls. <laughs> yeah. If you're an agent, then you can refer business. So, if you know people that want an agent, and you're like, okay, hey, um, I know this um, real estate agent that's really good. Let me refer you business. Now they can give you a commission. Um, cause they can't give you permission unless you're a broker or a lawyer.
0: Yeah. Okay. I'm totally doing that because, I, well, okay. So that another question, cause I'd like to invite, buy some investment property too. So I could just represent myself and I know enough about real estate to hold my own. Cause I've sold houses by owner without like, I listed it in the whole nine yards without having a real estate agent. Um, but do you have to have a special license, like if you wanted to buy a, bi- a commercial property? No, Nope. No. Oh, dude, this is a no-brainer. Okay, how long does it take to go through the real estate license process?
1: Um, so it depends. You know, I think it may be like an extra license for commercial, so don't quote me on that. But as an agent, you can still represent yourself. It just depends on the state and the test. So California's takes a little bit longer just because there's so many people in California that by the time, like essentially the way it goes is you um, sign up for some course, right? And then you have to take a certain number of classes and that varies based on state. And then mm-hmm. you complete those classes, you complete those tests online, then you submit all that to the state and they say, okay, you've completed everything. Now you can um, register for the state test. So In California, that can take like three months. In North Carolina, it took me like a week. Ah. You know? So, and then you take your test and if you pass, that's great. If you don't pass, then you have to wait a certain amount of time to take it again. Um. So it could be very quick. And then your your tests are all open book, open note for the ones that are at home, not the state test. So you can do all of that, but then you have to, at least in California, you have to wait a certain number of like days. In between each test, so you don't just like knock them out in one day. Uh-huh. But in North Carolina, I'm not quite sure how it was just because I already had my broker's license. So I didn't have to take any of those classes. I basically just like sent in a form,
0: registered for the test, and took it. Interesting. Okay. Yay. Okay. So I'm sold. All right. So you started out in real estate and you decided that's not for you, but you kept your license until yeah. recently. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Which is actually really funny <laughs> because my dad. Um, is a software engineer by trade. And when he retired, my parents had a bunch of properties. And so he got his license and worked under my brokerage. Ah. Um, and so recently I was like, you need to get your broker's license. I don't want to have to like keep redoing all these tests and like, you know, renewing and renewing. So he just got his broker's license, started his own brokerage and now I'm done. Gotcha. Um, so that's Cause if you don't have
0: your own brokerage, then you have to join like Real estate one or century twenty, you have to join one of those and then you have to pay their fees, right?
1: Yeah. So there's different tiers. I don't know what it's called in Michigan, but here it's like salesperson license and a broker's license. So if you're just a salesperson, then you have to work under a broker or a brokerage. So there's companies like that, or you can just find like a broker. Like I was a broker. Um, so my dad worked under me. It wasn't like necessarily a big corporation or a big brokerage. Right. Um, Just because they want to make sure that you're learning from somebody and you kind of know what you're doing and somebody is responsible for you. Right. Right. So what you could do in your case, because if you want to like purchase or sell, you have to work under a broker. So what you can say is like, hey, I want to represent myself. I'm willing to give you like a thousand dollars instead of like 20 or 25%, which it would usually be if you're working under somebody. Um, so that's a different way to go about it. Mm, Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. All right.
0: Okay. So real estate to... uh, Back to the show. Real estate.
1: (laughs) So real estate. And that wasn't for me. And so I realized that I needed to go back into the job market. And my sister was working at an urban development company. And she said, "You know, I'm looking for somebody who's my clone, basically, to be an assistant project manager. And I am her clone. We have very similar work ethics. And so I got hired there. um, And that's when I met my husband. And about three, six months, probably three to six months when we started dating, we decided to kind of start a company together, just quote unquote, like extra money. And it was a candle company. And what quickly turned into like a small, fun business um, just went full fledged uh, very quick. So it took about six months to get everything in order. And I launched the candle company. And then three months later, we moved to North Carolina. So I brought the candle company with me. Um, I was doing lots of in-person shows, trade shows, and then my first daughter was born and I had to drastically pivot to the online space. And I just had no idea how to do that. Um, I joined female communities, Facebook groups. I tried to ask people message people and everyone just looked at me like a dollar sign. So
0: it was, well, okay. So a couple of questions. Why did, what were you doing previously? Was it a retail store?
1: Um, The candles. Yeah. So I was like just doing pop-up markets and trade shows. okay, okay. Yeah, I was bringing my candles into
0: retail stores, though. Yeah, yeah. But you didn't have your own retail store. Okay. Exactly. So uh, like the arts markets and the farmer's markets and the, you know, all that trade shows. Okay, cool. Now, why candles?
1: So uh, we were listening to a podcast one day and this one was talking about making soap. And uh-huh. I was like, I don't like soap doesn't like resonate with me, you know? Um, and then I went to this farmer's market and I saw this woman selling candles and uh, I had maybe bought like three candles my whole entire life before then. But I just loved being, <laughs> yeah. I young. it. Was, <laughs> it, was, it was like, it just clicked. And I'm like, okay, I'll just do candles. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea. That's I didn't know any of these candles. <laughs> I mean, I did know that they were toxic, right? Everybody was right, talking right. about like how toxic they are and the fragrances and the, you know, um, the wax. Um, but to me, it was very important to create a very clean candle. And so, like I said, it took about six months to kind of do the research and to learn how to make candles and get my branding and trademarks and all of that in order. Um, and Kind of along the way, my husband was also doing research on candles and he sent me this listing on Nordstrom and it was like a $400 candle that was on back order. And I was like, we need to make a luxury candle, right? I don't want to be just a regular candle on the market. So $400? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a it was candle? a Joe Malone candle. It was a Joe Malone candle. Are you familiar with Joe Malone? No, I'm not. I do not shop $400 candles. No. <laughs> The company in general is a fragrance company, so like perfume. Oh, oh, oh. Well,
0: if it Um, costs $400, I don't buy that perfume either.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It was was like very, very bougie. Very bougie.
0: Very Um, bougie.
1: But I wanted to do something bougie and luxurious, you know? So I came up with the idea to put gold in the wax and... The first time I melt the candle, it was like the most beautiful shimmer in the wax. And so I got that trademarked. And that's kind of what set us apart um, from other candle companies. So that like real gold? really great. Yep. Real
0: gold. Really? Wow. That's yeah. cool.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. So, and the candle company is called Goldwick. So I still yeah. have it to this day. I still make candles in my house.
0: Do you? That's awesome. Okay. So you're making them from home. You always have? I always have. Yeah. Okay. But you're online now. Yeah. So I
1: was doing a lot of in-person shows and that's kind of how I was building my community. I ha I always had an online store so people could always purchase from me online. Um, but I wasn't doing a lot of marketing online and know how to market. I didn't know much about influencer marketing, things like that. Um, so it was foreign to me completely.
0: Yeah. Well, it's a big beast to, uh, to unpack as well. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> uh okay so fast forward you've got this candle company that's successful and one of a kind and i want to order some now i'm I'm <laughs> very intrigued i got some bougie bougie candles uh love it um and you're right i think it's hard just to back up for a second I, it's hard to find good candles that smell good that are natural
1: absolutely I think. The problem, too, is that people will market their candles as soy candles, but the fragrance they use is toxic and synthetic. Uh, So they can say like, oh, 100% soy candles, but it it doesn't mean that the whole candle is non-toxic and clean, you know? So it has to be clean ingredients, non-toxic fragrances, um, you know, things like that. And the wax has to be, you know, beeswax or soy wax, um, a clean wax.
0: At one point in time in my life, I was trying to do everything clean. You know, when you get on these rampages of like, okay, I'm when you learn about all of the clean and green, right? So everything in the house goes. I'm like revamping the whole nine yards. So I was like, well, I guess I'm gonna have to make my own candles and. I think I got like one, one component of it. And I was like, forget it. I'll just try to find this somewhere. I don't, I ain't got no time for this. Right. Yeah. (laughs) It's messy and
1: time consuming. And the percent, I mean, like I said, it was a lot of trial and error. Like I feel bad for the people that bought my first round of candles. They,
0: (laughs) they too crazy. That's awesome. Oh, that's great. I love it. Okay. So you moved to North Carolina. How long were you there?
1: I was Is there. Is that where
0: you had your first daughter? My first, first two
1: time? daughters were born there. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, so I was there for four years, um, a little under four years, but yeah, we left there about two years ago.
0: Okay. And so now you started, which is so cool. I love it. I love the mission. I love all of everything about it. Um, the like-minded collective. Now, how did you come up with that idea? What spawned you to start that comp- start this company and, uh, tell us all about that.
1: Yeah. Um, so my candles, like I said, I had to pivot to online and I just didn't really know how to do that. Um, I felt like everybody around me looked at me like a dollar sign coaches, masterminds, agencies, Facebook groups were even charging, influencer marketing platforms were charging hundreds of dollars. And there was no place for somebody like myself to go to make entrepreneur friends and gain resources. And so when my daughter was three months old, I realized I have to build this. There's millions upon millions of women who are in my shoes who just need friends and to find a genuine place where they can really build friendships before their business, put friendship before their business. Um, And so that's where the idea for Like-Minded Collective came about. And so it took me about two and a half years to build out um, with a developer. And yeah, now it's a social networking platform
0: for women entrepreneurs. That's fantastic. So you offer several different things though. So you have different levels of uh, membership and um you have like collaborating brainstorming sessions right and then you have like networking opportunities and you have like learning sessions I like I could rattle it off if I looked at my like (laughs) um list of what I'm promoting but I I can't recall like it's it feels like it's tailor-made to whatever the needs are for that individual, if they like weekly, if they want just a monthly quick, whatever, or if they really need to like hash it out. Like I need, I have this idea or I don't know what to do and I need to like hash out. I need somebody to listen, be a sounding board and help me figure this out. Um, So, or get fed some way, like have a topic that you're getting fed and you need to learn about. Am Mm -hmm. I correct in communicating this?
1: Yes, I will. I'll just make it more concise. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) So we have two tiers. The free version is the platform and the community is completely free. We do one to two networking events a month that are also free. And then we do one live workshop every single month that's free. That has to do with something around business. Um, And then I have an elite membership, which is $59 a month. And we do two brainstorming sessions every month. So you get into small groups. You have about 15 minutes to go through hurdles in your business and get feedback from your peers. And then twice a month, I bring in a business coach, a different one, and you do hot seat coaching. Um, And then along with that, we also have 50 plus workshops that are all recorded that you can access anytime. And it's just a more hands-on approach to growing your business. You know, For example, today we had our hot seat coaching. And so we talked about summits. um, We talked about overwhelm. A lot of the girls there were just really overwhelmed with their to-do list. And so that was probably like a 20-minute conversation where we all chimed in and, you know, tried to help and give resources. Um, So it really is just a place where it's smaller groups that you get broken into breakout rooms and you're just building better relationships with people. The whole point is to give women the mic. Like, I want people to speak. I'm so sick of these workshops that are recorded and you're not allowed to introduce yourself. and You're not allowed to ask questions and you can't promote your business. It's insane. Um, right. So that was basically what I wanted to create is just a place where women can actually scream about their business from the rooftops.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And not pay an arm and a leg. Uh, yeah, it's I mean, great. <laughs> right. 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 Some of these, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It is. I have to yeah. Agree.
1: And even Facebook groups started charging people to post, um, about their businesses and, you know, some other ones that are free, you can't post unless it's on Monday or in this specific right. You have to post.
0: figure out. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, obnoxious, it's like right? Yeah. 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 I, I went down that whole uh, Facebook group thing for a while and it just got to be way too much for me. I was like, I can't. Um... Well, then they, th- then they take it one step further and they just start badgering you and sending you like lots of messages because they do at everyone in the group. So you're getting, I don't know. It's just, it was just, I I wasn't getting yielded. I wasn't getting quality. uh info from it. Right. Right. And you can't network. It's just, uh, I don't feel like it's, I don't think it's easy to network with the people in the group.
1: Yeah, it's not. I actually, because I hate Facebook groups and the way that it's set up so much, I created LMC communities. We just launched that last week and it's niche communities for moms, product-based businesses, podcasters, um, love to travel, um, social media managers, things like that. And so you're able to also create your own communities within. So it's just Ah, not spammy. It's also free. Um, it just is another way that women can connect on a deeper level with one another. And Mm -hmm. it's been amazing to see that grow.
0: Yeah. Have you ever heard of (laughs) alpha? I
1: have heard of alpha.
0: Yeah. You should, uh, promote this, uh, like-minded on alpha. Alpha is, um, it's not community-based, I wouldn't say, Uh, but they have different levels, right? But it's a a lot of international people on there as well, but um, I think people, it would resonate with them. I mean, it's free, so there's not really, doesn't provide workshops and doesn't provide support stuff like you're doing by any means or more of a community. Like you're just reaching out to these people cold. It's not like huddles where you can like chat and talk, you know, but I think you should promote like-minded on there. Cause that would be huge for you. Okay. I'll honestly. do that. Thank you. If not, then I can add it onto my profile. I don't get on there very often, but okay. um, I'll check it out. Yeah. Me too. yeah. Uh, cool. So what's next? Like, well, yeah. What's next? What do you want to do with Lightminded? What's your vision?
1: I honestly see it being the next Facebook meets LinkedIn, but for women entrepreneurs where it's not censored. Um, there's just positivity. And I remember reading this. Somebody sent this to me on LinkedIn that this woman was posting something about women entrepreneurs and she had an insane reach. Um, and these posts about like women of in color and like women in business were just getting shadow banned essentially. And she called LinkedIn out like in the post and then LinkedIn removed the post um, because she was calling them out. And, really? Yeah. And I remember thinking that like, how insane is it when you get your post taken down by somebody who's doing exactly what you're calling them out? That they're doing. To do, right. Right. And I just thought it was so horrible. So I really just want to create a place that's open and honest and real and provides the value for women that they deserve um, to grow their business, to become successful, and to help one another grow. So that's my vision, that's my goal. And, you know, little things along the way. I'm doing in person events in Orange County. I would love to do a yearly event um, for women entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of in the pipeline. Yeah. Now that I'm done having children. (laughs) (laughs) How many do you have total now? Was it three? I have three. I just had a baby four months
0: ago, a little boy. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I knew you had a a little one. Uh, That's amazing though. Uh, Yeah. I mean, at least the cool thing I think about your scenario is that you've started this and your babies are little or your baby's little and like, but you can work on it and you'll still have it. Whenever they're at a school, like, you know, you still have it going. Does that make sense? Like, it's it's not like a stop and go scenario like a lot of parents have, uh, which I think is healthy for your own mentality.
1: Yeah, it's definitely something that's going to stay around for ever. Um, the engagement on there is amazing. The connections that women are making, like even podcast swaps, women are meeting in real life. Um, when I started telling people that I'm doing events in orange County, they were like, Oh, let's start a LMC in New York, you know, and they're going to kind of get together on the East coast. So it's not going anywhere. It's just growing and people are talking about it organically, which is nice. So yeah, it's, it's something that at this point, is almost just growing on its own, which is awesome because I have amazing ambassadors in there that are engaging, they're creating the communities, they're talking about it. So I, I love where it's at. I'm so grateful. That's
0: awesome. So what are some of your um, takeaways? Well, before we go answer that, I will what are your thoughts and what was your experience being a non-technical founder? Yeah. That is so difficult. <laughs> it was, uh, the, the challenge is, is you don't even know what they're doing, right? Like exactly. you, you just have to full trust, hundred percent trust in your baby. And you have no idea if it's, if they're doing, cause you can't read code. <laughs> At least that was my experience.
1: It's not even the code. It's, everything. You have to write code and there's different types, right? Different languages. So like they're picking one language to write it in and then they're storing the code here. And then you have to like transfer the code to like some other software to like, they call it staging, right? Where you're like putting all the changes in. And then once it goes to staging, then goes live to production and like learn, they get just like transferred so many different places and learning the flow and learning the language is one aspect. And then the second aspect, which is almost more difficult, is that so many developers just don't know what they're doing, to say it nicely, right? They think that they know how to write code. They think that they know how to make things super efficient. But then when push comes to shove, it takes them two years when it should have taken them three months. Um, so I've gone through four different developers. I fired three of them. The one I have now is absolutely incredible. He is very hands-on with me. So he'll show me on Zoom what he's doing. He'll change the code like while we're on Zoom together. Um, things How'd you take find me- them? How'd you find upwork. upwork? All of them. So the first one I found, um, I reached out to my network. And I remember that this guy had built out a website for the restaurant that I had managed at the time, his company. Um, or company he worked for not his company and they had changed ownership and so i talked to the guy he was super nice my dad was with me because like i said he's a software engineer by trade and he asked him all the questions and it was great and we just needed to get you know an mvp out there and uh, he said okay it'll take like four months i gave him a wireframe and everything and it just he outsourced it to india and the problem there there's a bunch of problems but the biggest problem is that Everything takes so much longer because I'm proofreading. I'm correcting grammar and spelling. Um, Anytime I send an email, it takes three days to get an answer back. So that was really frustrating. And I'm talking with a middle person who doesn't even know what he's doing as opposed to talking to the developer directly. So at one point, he said, Imbal, you want a perfect website and you're never going to get a perfect website. And I said, let's just part ways. (laughs) Um,
0: that's crazy yeah another another issue with in with outsourcing to india because we had the same experience is that um one they don't deliver on time like you said but the other thing is that they um i want to say they can't like they just they don't create new code they like take what they've done before something else copy and paste i feel like they duplicate like the same thing. It's not original. So you don't really get what you want anyway.
1: Right. 100%. So that was the first one. And then I learned from my mistakes and I said, you know, I don't want it outsourced. Right. So the next person, I kind of went more to my local, to my, a little bit further network, which is Facebook. And I messaged, I posted in all these different Facebook groups for women founders and tech founders. And this guy emailed after a bunch of people emailed me back. I have met with this guy. He said, listen, like he was in Oregon. I don't write code. I don't write your code, but I am a software engineer and I can manage the project for you. I gave him my budget. I told him exactly what I wanted done. And I said, I do not want this outsourced. And he goes, no problem. Like, let's work on this together. I was like, okay, great. He hired somebody And that person outsourced it to India without him knowing. So like a month in, I'm like, Tim, this is being outsourced. And he's like, no, Imbal, the person is in Vegas. And I'm like, no, I know that this is being outsourced. Like something is going on. I can tell. And so sure enough, two months after that, he said, hey, the guy outsourced. He had this whole issue because he had to get his money back that he paid him. Um, He ended up hiring somebody else who just was not doing anything in a timely fashion. And his basically what he told me was, you know, Imbal, he's not my employee. Like I hired him to work on this project. So I can't tell him how many hours to work. And I'm like, this is not gonna work. Like this is insane, you know? Um, and so after that, I said, you know what, I'm just gonna take matters into my own hands. I wanna work directly with a developer. I don't care what it takes. And it took me about three months to find him. Um but he's amazing. He lives in Virginia. He is probably the best developer in writing Laravel that I've ever seen. He has fixed so much code for me. He does things in five minutes that takes people like an hour to do. Um, he's incredible. So, you know, I found my unicorn. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome.
0: But uh, good for you. Cause it's challenging. And for some don't know what kind of code to use. They, they don't know they don't even know where to start, right? So I think that's great that that you found somebody good. Yeah, he's he's awesome.
1: And I was really fortunate too, because he was on a lot of the calls with me with my other, um, with the guy from Oregon um, when we were transferring everything over. And so I was able to kind of see what was going on. And basically he said, this guy's been like pushing you around. And that happens, you know, as women in this industry without any tech experience, it happens. So I learned a lot. Um, I'm happy with where I am now and who I have, but yeah, it's, it's not easy. I wish I would have found somebody, a woman who was in this industry that I could kind of ask questions to before. Um,
0: but I didn't have that. I just learned on my own. Yeah. I should have told me (laughs) I have a girl. I had a guest, uh, it was one of like the first 10 episodes and she, uh, is a technical founder, but she also, um, she's built multiple companies. However, she coaches and helps female founders through the technical process, like non-technical people. She like walks them through and also tells them like provides like a little mini course on like, this is what you want to do. This is the process and you, it shouldn't take you astronomical amounts of money or Of there a long time, like basically, she tells you what you need to know, and she'll do one-on-one help too, which I thought I was like, "You're so needed across the whole world." It's not even funny. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I know, absolutely, that's amazing. Yeah, that's
1: that's what I wish I had. But then I kind of look back and I think if I would have known how long it would have taken or how much money it would have cost me, I don't even know if I would have started. So, kind of not knowing and going that slow route was beneficial.
0: Well, and everything happens for a reason, right? So you, life happens. I don't know. I, I feel like you learn so much along that process that you wouldn't have known. So now it's going to benefit you in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. So it's, it's developed and you're booming and it's continuing to grow and morph over time. Um, what are some other things that you've learned or some takeaways that you've had in this process? So I've
1: pivoted a few times since launching and I always ask for feedback um, from my users and I am constantly doing market research. So that's one thing that I always tell women is once you start working with users and you have users, utilize them to grow your business because... They're the ones that are in it. They're the ones that are utilizing it the most. So ask them questions, get feedback, and just be totally open to it um, and accept it. You don't have to implement, but listening is always good. And the biggest thing that I wish I would have done differently is I wish I wouldn't have hired agencies in the beginning. Like I said, I had no background before—I no business background, no marketing experience or anything. So I kind of jumped in um, when I should have. Tiptoed a little bit in the beginning, um, so that's kind of something else that I always tell founders is don't hire a social media agency when you don't even know your, you know, branding or your messaging or your value propositions. Um, so that's one big mistake that I made. What and why? You, why was it a mistake? I wasted a lot of money mm-hmm. um, on agencies without having the proper messaging. And so it was just marketing to nobody because I didn't know who I was talking to at the time.
0: And they didn't ask you this information up front. No,
1: that's a red, which light. is also like there, right? It kind of like speaks volumes, but it is what it is. Right, and right, right. yeah, um, I think about it all the time, and it's just like, oh, like wow, that was a <laughs> lot. Um, it's okay. I can help other women now. Um, but on the other hand too, like I said, I went through four different developers. We had eight different launch delays. Um, I launched a year and a half after I thought that I was going to. So when you hire somebody before you need to, not only is your messaging off, you're going to pivot your company a couple times after that. And you're leading up to a launch that keeps getting pushed. So the content that's coming out is completely irrelevant because what are you doing in a year and a half? You know, not much if there's no product. So, um, it was something that I wish I would have taken a step back and really honed in on my business instead of getting followers. But like I said, I didn't know, I know so much more now. Um, and I would have done things a million times differently, like so many different things differently. Um, if I could do it over, but it's all a learning experience.
0: Yeah. Well, you can't do it all over. I think that's part of the journey, right? I mean, you're getting wins. Like it's not failing. I don't look at it as failure anymore. I look at it as learning experiences and and just a detour to how you want to get, but like that experience that you went through, in my opinion, is meant for you to pass, to pay it forward and maybe to use in another expansion of your business or another business or whatever the case may be. Right. Uh, I think it's good. We all have to learn crazy lessons. Right. Absolutely. she as founders. Yeah. <laughs> and and now,
1: like you said, I'm able to kind of give such better advice to women who are in my shoes four years ago because I went through that. And, you know, every time I kind of think like, oh, man, that, that was like so gut-wrenching just thinking about it. My husband's like, just look at it as an MBA. You know, it took you three years to build this thing from idea to launch. You learned so much along the way. And just think of it as your MBA, you know?
0: So to me, that makes me feel yeah. a little bit better. Yeah, for sure. It's probably better than an MBA because you're getting real hands-on experience, right? Exactly. Shoot, you'll have your PhD soon. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know.
1: <sighs> we'll see it's where I'm at with that too. So yeah, every day is a learning experience. Um, but yeah, it's... That's the best part about entrepreneurship, right? And it's right. not failing; it's falling forward. And you don't, you know, you have to learn from everything. And if you don't make those mistakes at one point, you're probably going to make them at a different point or with somebody else. Um, so, you know, you just live and you learn and you move forward. You just you're allowed to cry. I give myself twenty four hours to cry about something, and then I'm like, let's go, move on.
0: Right, right. Ah, oh, I think that's great. I, you have to process it, and then that's good so it doesn't linger on exactly uh fantastic so what advice would you give it sounds like you've got a lot of valuable information to pass on but what advice would you give to others like what's what's one big aha moment and what's one to three pieces of advice you'd give um
1: my My one piece of advice that I would give, and like I say this to a lot of people, is reach out on LinkedIn to women that are where you want to be. And don't be afraid to send a message, to connect, to ask a question, to ask for feedback, um, because you never know who's going to say yes and sit with you and the connections that you can make and just what can come from that just in general. Um, And my second piece of advice, which I kind of already talked about, is talk to your audience. Um. really dive into their experiences and their feedback and listen to what they have to say and almost like champion them to be your spokespeople from the very beginning, like your core first group of users, just love them and give them whatever they want and just have them really talk about your business in you know a very authentic way. And that's how you're going to start to grow.
0: Yeah. Okay. So wh- how do you find the best way? What is your route or method in getting that feedback from your customers? So a few ways.
1: Um, Anytime I have an event of any sort, at the end, I always like thank people for coming. And I always say like, please reach out if there's any feedback or any questions you have. I'm an open book. Um, I always provide that and every single email I send out at the bottom, it usually says like, I'm always here for feedback. Like, please hit reply and let me know. I do one like orientation um, event a month. And that also involves an update, like a community update. So it talks about features we're coming out with or what we just launched. And so I always ask for feedback then. So I'm constantly asking people to give me feedback. And then Mm -hmm. about I don't know, like whenever I want to make a change, like if I'm implementing, um, subscriptions or a change of pricing or change of features, I'll send out an email to my whole community with like a Google form and say like, Hey, I would love to get your feedback on this. Um, would love to have you fill this out or even a poll in my Instagram stories. Like, what are your thoughts on this? What do you, um, like I have an affiliate program and I change it to ambassadors because somebody brought that to my attention. I'm like, you know, let me do some research on affiliate versus ambassador. Um, And so I did an Instagram story poll for that. I asked people what they thought about each word and what it resonated like for them when they heard that word. Um, So any, any place that your audience lives, you can do some market research.
0: Yeah. I was just wondering if a survey, like a quick two question survey or three question survey works better than... Obviously, it sounds like you have a very responsive and proactive initiating initiative uh, group of people. If they're responding to please provide feedback. Uh, I'm not so sure that would fly for everyone, but that's great that you're getting responses. Although I shouldn't say that because everybody's so eager to give their opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I think it just depends.
1: Um, I think that I leave the door by, by saying that not a lot of people respond to the emails, but when they do need something, they're not afraid to say it. So for example, um, on the feed, you can select different categories to go with your posts. So like, um, a question, a freebie, an intro event. Um, and so people will tell me like, Hey, Imbal, can you add, um, business tips as a category. And I was like, sure. Like, I think that's a great category to add, you know? So when they need something, they're very vocal about what they need. Or for example, I had a lawyer join and she's like, Hey, I don't see like any legal categories under industries. And I'm like, Oh, great. Like, let me know which ones you want and I'll add it for you. Um, So things like that. Or when we implemented um, the communities feature, the way that it showed up in the notifications was like kind of seamless with the other feed. And so I got feedback on ways that I can make it stand out a little bit more. So things like that. Um, But I think what really works is really short questions and answers, right? Um, Where they check something or where they select one or the other. If you're asking them... What are your thoughts on X, Y, and Z? They're probably less likely to fill it out as opposed to check marking like five questions. So just make it super, super easy. Uh, Super cool.
0: So that's that's great advice. And did you ever have a moment throughout either one of those processes, the the Goldwick or the like-minded, where you had an aha moment? where you're like, oh, okay, like this clicks? Or did you ever doubt yourself and want to quit?
1: Yeah. So I had an aha moment. Um, the platform pivoted. So at first it was really more of like an influencer marketing platform. Because um, like I said, ones out there charge $500 a month plus, And I wanted to make one that was very affordable. So it it quickly pivoted from that. But in the beginning it was that, and I was charging people just to use the platform in general. And then I started implementing workshops and I had like three different tiers of subscriptions and I was offering so much. And one day I had an aha moment and I just realized like, I need to make this free. Every single thought process that I had in my head at that point was like, why are people canceling their subscriptions? Why am I not getting more subscribers? Why is this? Why is that all based around money? And that's that could not be farther from the reason that I started this. So I had to just make it all free. So yeah. almost a year ago, I just made everything free. And then two months ago, I implemented like the one-tier um, membership, but the majority of the platform and community is free. Um, but that was really my aha moment. And it was because I was listening to so many people. That's the that's the downfall to asking for feedback, right? People will give it to you at all costs. And so we were like, you need to charge for this. You need to charge for this. You need to charge for this. And so I listened. Um, when in all reality, I really had to just take a step back and do what I know is best for my business and why I started Like-Minded Collective um, and just make it completely free. So that was the aha moment. The the day that I did that, it just felt like a huge relief. um, And it was just a game changer after that.
0: Yeah. You stuck to your intuition and uh, your purpose. Like, I feel like as a founder, sometimes we get overridden, like our whys and our purpose of like, Our mission of what we intend to do gets cluttered from all the noise and we start going down a path that Uh, is very mucky and not what we want. So in that example, you like pulled it back to your true true authentic heart
1: there. That's awesome. I did. And it's so much easier. You know, the biggest thing that I wanted is to just create community where people can grow with one another. And the best way for me to do that is to make it free. So whenever I went anywhere, it was like, Hey, I have this social networking platform for women entrepreneurs. We have free community, free networking, free workshops, sign up. You know, it was so easy for me
0: because I wasn't selling anything. I was
1: just giving people what they want. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, in actuality, nobody wants to pay just to meet people. It's mm-hmm. really just connecting with people. Right. Right. If you're going to take classes and do all the extras fair, right. You're getting coaching. You're getting like, that's amazing. That's awesome. And you can, I think it's very reasonable. So I think that's a good business plan and strategy. Uh, I think that's awesome. Thank you. So, uh, any, uh, oh, well, one quick thing where can people find you for is it goldwick.com to buy some candles so it's
1: goldwick-candles.com okay Okay. um we'll just do like a code for you so if anybody wants to buy candles we'll just do brook20 um, okay all in caps and you can use that too for 20% off sweet all right brook20 i'm gonna include it
0: um include the link below, uh, as well. And then like-minded, uh, I have a link that I'm going (laughs) to put below as well that you can get access to, um, like-minded. And I highly suggest, uh, getting on there. I mean, it's free to join. You can connect with all these amazing people from all over. Is, are, is everyone all over the U S or are they global? Like how, how big is the audience at this point? Global
1: all global. over the world.
0: That's fantastic. So what marketing efforts have you found work the best for this?
1: Podcasting is amazing.
0: Really?
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, my ambassador program So women that talk about it and promote it, um, you also have a code for 50% off um, their first month if they want to try the elite membership um, that you can include there too. Um, But really, that's been the best because I can shout about my business from the rooftops, but until somebody else talks about it or posts about it, what I also do is um, we have two networking events a month. And I do a contest every networking event. If somebody takes a photo of the networking event, tags me, and Like-Minded Collective on social, um, I'll give one person a free month of the membership. And so from that, I get a lot of people because they're sharing on their stories. um, So people see it and they sign up.
0: That's fantastic. I love it. I'm so excited. I can feel your energy. I love your energy. It's great. I love what you're doing. I think it's awesome. And, uh, if we can support you, how can we support you, um, outside of sharing, uh, with others about like-minded, is there anything that you need? How can we help you succeed?
1: I really think just sharing about it and that's it. Just send people my way. The more women that come, the more resources, the women that are already there have, And that helps me. Um, I have advertising space on the platform. And so that's a way that I monetize too. So the more users, the more advertising opportunities I can have um, as well. So it's a win-win. Everything comes full circle.
0: Perfect. Well, I am so excited. Thank you so much for your time. I greatly appreciate it. It was an absolute pleasure talking to you. And feel free to reach out to us if you need anything. I will definitely be promoting... um, within, uh, our blogs and our newsletters. And I've just included in the, um, I decided I'm going to start including, uh, things of this nature in all of our messaging that goes out. So, uh, we'll help as much as we can, but thank you. Uh, hats off to you and, uh, yeah, keep in touch. Can't wait to see like in a year, we can't wait to see how big and awesome it is. So I love it. Thank you. All right. Well, you have a great day and uh, I'll chat with you soon. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Bye. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, subscribe to our channel, The Wild Feather. If you want to learn more about our guests or their products and companies, you can visit our website at thewildfeatherpodcast.com. While you're there, you can sign up for our newsletter to receive info on our upcoming episodes. Follow us on social media to get the latest deets. We're on all of them, so pick your favorite and follow us. And if you're a founder and need funding or accelerator info or business resources, you can go to our website, thewildfeatherpodcast.com, and find some valuable information and resources there. No matter if you're a founder, you're an investor, or what your path is, just remember you were born with wings.